Audio Frontier. This is Football Daft with Stephen Purden. Midfield Dynamo and average actor. Chris Toll. Target man. Suspicious character. And... Welcome to Football Daft. My name is Stephen Pubden and let's welcome the starting lineup. First, a man who thinks Rocky Four is the best film ever made. He's talking pish. It's Crystal. No, I think you need, I know, to, mate. You need, I know, to, you need to qualify it by saying, I said it's not the best movie ever made. I know. I said I know. it's my favourite movie ever made. I love but it. Mate, it just sounded me a controversial me saying it that way. I know you didn't say that and I know you don't think it. I know you just think it's your favourite film. Uh, That's yeah. alright. Mate, I fucking love it. And I'll, it's, see, it's one of the ones if you're watching the telly and you're flicking through the channels and it's on, no matter what point it's at, you watch the rest of it. I used to watch it every time I come home, Steamboats, put fucking Rocky Four on. Me and my mate Muzz would sit and watch Rocky Four, have a few more drinks, and then fucking oh, pass out honestly, on the Honestly, mate, that sounds fucking mental, man. <laughs> How's Muzz doing, man? How's I know, Muzz? man. You He's and Muzz, man, watching Rocky Four at your tits, man. <laughs> By the way, the fucking... He's a fucking wild, wild man. Oh, doesn't, he doesn't even listen to this, either. He'll know fucking that. He's too busy. He's not watching too busy. Rocky Four. Ah, he's, he's, he's at his dial watching the Rocky. Eh, fucking... What was that called? franchise? The Rocky, the Rocky franchise? The Rocky man. franchise. And now, let's welcome a man who doesn't know his Troy Deenies from his Troy Delaney's. It is Gredo. <laughs> what are you talking about? Mate, you know what are talking about? And nah, you know I'm what? That ruined my night last night. I'm not I'm not getting the piss down at me. Well, at least it, no, I'm not taking the piss at you. Wait a minute, oh, Gredo, hold on. At least you knew he was a fucking striker. Can so I? did ah. He's been in the sake. game for years. He's a no-nonsense centre-half. I know. I fucked yeah. that up and I was raging that. That actually ruined my night last night. Are you, talking about, are you going to explain to the listeners what happened? Right, we that, no. we've got a group chat, we're talking football, Grado's name's mixed up, and I get mixed up, gone, because I was getting so annoyed. He was saying, Troy Deeney's surname is Troy Delaney, and gone, no, it's Troy Deeney. Told saying it's Troy Deeney. And then I went to say, he's a big, no-nonsense centre-forward, and I said, he's a big, no-nonsense centre-half. And Grado got a hard on and went, ah, oh, you don't know, he's a fucking forward, ah, why not me, why not me? <laughs> Do I know what, Stevie, but I'm calling you out, mate. I've never heard anybody, anybody in the game of football being called a no-nonsense No, I meant he's a big, <laughs> no, he's, a big he's, a, he's a big battering ram. He used to always lead the line for Watford. He used to be in my fantasy football team. You don't fuck with Troy Deeney. He's nah, a big battering ram. He's a penalty scoring motherfucker, isn't he? He's he was good on Luther's podcast, so he was, he was talking about growing up and... How his father used to knock, knock out the policeman and uh, sell drugs and all that. It was I'm a really, 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 really entertaining interview. Do, do you know what, Gredo? You've, you've never steered me wrong. When you've suggested something, you've never Listen, steered me wrong. Can I just put my neck in the line here and say, see the Louis Thoreau? I know we shouldn't have ever known it fucking hell. We're a, a scratch on Louis Thoreau's work, do you know what I mean? But see his podcast, his guests have been phenomenal. Frankie Boyle, uh, Rylan. Rylan was surprisingly amazing. Boy Has he ever had Barry Feastenders? <laughs> no. <laughs> Gary Harkins is on there. Has he ever had Gary Harkins or Barry Feastenders? Mate, come back to his man and say that on Archibald. I tell, I tell you what, listen, see if he ever gets Ian Murray. Let me know. <laughs> I was saying, Gredo, you never steer me wrong. What about the detectives? Oh, the oh, detectives. Right, you know how I love... 24 hours in police custody is a phenomenal... 
it's not as good as what it used to be. I don't think there's it's no there's not enough murders and deaths anywhere. It's kind of last, week, was a last, week, right, last right. week you were looking for a country beside in the forest. <laughs> right, look, boys, 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 right. <laughs> right, and see the detectives is good, right? Let's not just cause we found something new, start trying to pure bash 24 hours in police custody. No, right? I know, but this is what 24 hours in police custody used to be. Back in the That's day, right? See, if you watch the detectives on BBC One, you're getting to see dead bodies. You're getting to see CCTV. You're getting, you're going to see guns. Mate, and you, seen a, you, seen a, you seen a murder or a live murder aye. on the telly? Aye, mate. When has that aye. ever been? I mean, no, obviously, I mean, it's not a good subject and stuff like that, but it's, it's, it's aye, thrilling it's to watch. Really, it's not really something that I go about people dying in real life, guys. No, I mean, but it, really you, like you should watch that because it's kind of, it's not good enough. Nobody's talking about it apart from me. I know, it's fucking brilliant, man. Anyway, anyway right, John, watch you... the detectives. Right, so what's been happening in Scottish football? Huh? Fucking Hearts won the week! Hearts won the week! Let's say a big congratulations to the Jambos who have got over their indifferent form of late and won the championship at a canter. Really, when you look at it, they've won they, at they, a canter. Do you know what? They have won at a canter. How is that manager getting as much fucking hassle as he's getting? He's won the league by a fucking mile. By a mile? Aye. I think if the other teams were about him, won his shite, he wouldn't have won it. Obviously, he would have been under a bit more pressure, I think. His teams only taking advantage of him, so I'm not really worried. Like, nah, teams have threatened. But Robbie Nielsen and the gang are coming up to the Premier League, guys, eh? No, I think a, good, a good addition. A good addition. It is good to get them back, but you think they might struggle next year? I think they need to kind of get well, them back together. It'll be, be interesting to see what happens with Robbie Nielsen because he kind of. He kind of shot it for the Premier League with the United, didn't he? And he didn't have a great time yet the last time he came up with Hearts. Aye. So, um, so you're looking at whoever's going to go down for the Premiership this season, Nielsen will probably take them on. <laughs> <laughs> and then fucking Craig Levine will be back in a job, man. He'll take the old Hearts back, won't he, my man? Imagine Craig back in Never know. The man that we've got coming on the show later on might fancy another go at it. Well, this yeah. is the thing. This will be very, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I actually kind of believe we've got Jim Jeffries to come on a podcast. I'm, that's fair play to Right. <laughs> In other news, Slavia Prague's Andre Kudela has been banned for 10 matches after racial abusing Glenn Kamara with the Rangers midfielder suspended for three, which he was suspended for five initially, put into three. So I don't really know where to start with this. I was really angry when I seen this yesterday. Hey, I'll, I'll take the reins for this one. I think, to be honest with you, it's disgusting. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely disgusting. The guy, if they've managed to ban him for 10 matches then... That is an admittance of guilt, right? If there's an admittance of guilt in place for a man that's been found guilty of making racial comments towards a black player or any player, regardless of skin colour or whatever, they should ban him for European competition for a year. And do you want to know what? That'll stop cunts for doing it in the future. But, but to, is it an admittance of guilt? Because they've denied it and denied it and denied it. I think they, they should be getting bothered. The club should get him bothered for the way they've handled it right from the get go. Shouldn't it just be the well. player? Well, you know, they must the have found them guilty though. They must have found them guilty, Grado. Exactly. And is this the maximum or minimum? What's the crack? With, There's with... so many rumours flying about this is the minimum, this is the maximum. I don't know. Like daft things like fucking Rio Ferdinand failing to turn up to a drugs fucking test get eight months, was out the game for eight months. That's right. right? Mm-hmm. Fucking, what do you call him? Kieran Trippier. Telling his fucking mates he's gone to fucking Spain. 12-game ban, Glenn Kamara getting racially abused, defends himself, gets a three-game ban for defending himself, and this fucking guy's got a 10-game ban. 
get to fuck. And I didn't, I, I didn't even think the story about Kamara was true. I thought that was all just made up. I mean, has that even been looked into? Well, I think it, if it's not true, Rangers should definitely be be hanging it. Should is it just in Europe? Is it just in European as well? Isn't yeah, it? it's just I, I, on Celtic daft last. I done Celtic daft last night, right? And I thought that it was just a domestic ban for Kamara, but it's not. It's only European competition. Oh, yeah. However, with Cadella, Cadella's any uh, UEFA representative that he plays for, so he's going to miss the Euros as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? So, yeah, he's going to miss the Euros. However, because the Euros are there, let's say the Czech Republic get quite far into the Euros, mm-hmm. he could and and say Slavia Prague go further in Europe as well. He could be back for the pre-season qualifiers for the Champions League. Wow. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's a slap in the wrist. It, they're not it hammering. Is. I'm not hammering them it's the way that they should be. They're definitely not hammering them the way that they should be. And let's be honest, we know what UEFA's like. They're a fucking. They're a bunch of shite bags when it comes to this. See mm-hmm. if they come out and finally hammered somebody like I said, ban them for all football competition for a year. Like At you least. Say, Stevie, I what you said, Stevie, real Ferdinand get eight months for not turning up for a drug test. Exactly. That's for for me, and I think for any fucking sane sane person on earth, racism is a hundred and ten percent worse than t- not turning up for a fucking for a drug test. Everything you said there, I agree with man a day because I mean it is a slap in the wrist. It's been such you've been waiting, or silence was fucking deafening to begin with. They didn't mention anything about it. They didn't come out and say anything. And then they finally came out. But what blows my mind is Kamara initially got half of the same punishment, right? He's got five game ban to begin with. Mm-hmm. And he got put to a three. So an extra five games for racial abusing somebody. Well, how does it make sense? Like, there's no, it doesn't make any you know sense. Let's at Stevie, all. Stevie, see if somebody was on the street, right? Let's say a black guy's walking down the street, right? And mm-hmm. somebody says something to him, right? And it's 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 witnessed by loads of people. And the black guy turns around and fucking lamps someone. It's the guy that said something that's going to jail, mm-hmm. right? Do you know what I mean? That is that it, it see incitement. That's that's a worse that's a worse crime. It's like um, it's like somebody breaking into your gaff. You punch fuck out them or do them. You're getting to jail for it. Exactly. But do you know what? It's a bit like banging your head against the wall with the likes of. Now, the Czech Republic president has come out, the actual president of the country, mm-hmm. basically saying that this is a pinnacle of hypocrisy, positive discrimination and embarrassing undermining with stupid trends. We will not kneel before you. No threats will work on the Czech football fan. That's incredible. Well, do you know, what? Do you know what? See, the thing is, though, there is a rule with FIFA and UEFA that if the, if the, um, if the, the politicians get involved and anything to do with football that the country gets banned because it happened with Cameroon and it happened with Nigeria before, I'm sure. Right? I think they, it did. I think you're right. right? I remember something like that. So for me, the Czech Republic, with that, I, I wasn't aware of that, Gredo. The Czech Republic should be banned for, for the Euros for this. For him coming out and getting involved in the in the football, it's fucking ridiculous. It's an absolute clusterfuck, the whole thing, man. Like, for, for what happened on the pitch... Clarence Seedorf is right. See if a player comes up and does that, boom, should be booked right away or something should happen right away. You should not need to cover your mouth when you're fucking... For a start, why is he coming here and trying to fucking say something in Kamara's ear anyway? That's the question you ask. Why is he coming... When you watch what happened, he's away or there, Kamara's here, he goes out his way to go away to Kamara. 
you know what I mean? He knows what he's doing, but... Because do you want to know what? He's hoping that Kamara turns around and lamps him on the spot and gets Aye. sent off. What do you think the punishment should be then? What, it should I mean, be banned for a fucking full year, John. Season, like, and John, it's no, it's not just the player, it's the club. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the, the, it's like, I mean, and the, and the, the, president, the prime minister the of the country. Be allowed to go to the football, <laughs> do you know what I mean? When, what, the, what chance have you got? Slavia Prague have handled it fucking horrendously, man. It's embarrassing. It is. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. It's terrible. But I hope Arsenal fucked them. But do you know what oh, the thing oh, is? Mate, here, here. Mate, do you know what the <laughs> thing is? But see no, the ball, See what the most annoying thing is? They're a really good team. That's they're it. Team. They're a really good team. They are, and they're hard to beat. And, and they're and very it's... technically very good. And I think, they'll, I think they'll do Arsenal. I really do. I really anyway. Do. Here's hope not. But let's get to a team who are playing really good football at the moment. It is West Ham United. And they are looking to buy Odson Edward. Christopher Toll. Swap you for your manager. Would you take Moyes, eh? Mate, he can't he, can argue with the job he's done at West Ham this season. Mate, he's... He, can that, he? Mate, I, right, I've said, I don't know if I said it on the podcast a while ago, I don't know, I don't know. I still think David Moyes looks like a guy when he's getting interviewed going, I don't know how I'm doing this. <laughs> 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 Do you know what I mean? Remember, he was out with COVID, right? And it was Aaron Irvin took his assistant, and Aaron Irvin, that's when they started really fucking playing good football. He's come back in, and I was go. I remember going, it's got to go to fuck now. And then it still he keeps going, but every time I see him get interviewed after it, he always looks pure. A bit like John, like, oh, you're doing well. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. It's gone well, just one game at a time, man. So, one of so, David. Uh, how, why, why are you playing? How are you managing to play such good football? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I, 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 I genuinely think David Moyes goes up the road a wee bit earlier, and Alan Irvin takes the team and goes, Never mind all that, just keep doing what he's were doing right before, I can, before <laughs> I, he comes back. Just Alan keep Irvin's doing what I'm right, David. Go and, don't go and check the dugouts are all right. In uh, <laughs> I'll be in a minute. Uh, my father likes watching my son. I've got. Mm-hmm. I used to. I used to. Watch <laughs> <laughs> I used Them to watch that guy as a season He, he always over. watches the West Ham games, the Crystal Palace games. Yeah, one of the biggest fucking unbelievable stories this season. I can't. I can't get my head run. Is fucking Jesse Lingard looks like yeah. a world beater. What a player he's done, doesn't he? He looks like a world beater, man. It just shows you, but don't it? It just shows you if you play a player in the right position in game. Give him the playing time that they can come out, they can do well, you know. And he's I always thought he was a bit of a show pony and a bit of a fanny, to be honest with you. But what a football he's turning out to be. I always thought he was a very definition of a modern day football player with too much fucking money. Aye. Do you know Aye, what I mean? But right. he does. But fair play, man. David Moyes. David Moyes to Celtic and Odson Edward to West Ham. Would you be happy with that then, Tool? Aye. I, I would be happy with that now. Right at this precise moment in time, aye. But. Let's have another wee, another wee fucking Celtic manager update for you, Toe. What's happening? You heard any rumours? Or is are you anybody else you want? Or? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Clamala's away. Looks like, looks like Clamala's away. What a move for him. New York Red Bulls, three and a half million. Fucking Peter Lowell's doing the business on his way out the door, isn't he? What? Did you not pay nearly five for him? No, we paid three and a half. We're getting the money back that we fucking paid for him. Fair dues. Fair dues. You know I mean? But aye, it's, uh, it's looking good that way. And I think it's, it looks like Griffiths might be away as well. And there's talk of Yeti leaving as well. So I think the only player we're going to have up front next season, but I like to say it's Bio. And that's if he comes back for fucking loan. 
I will. We shall see, man. Come out away for five minutes, that's good, mate. But anyway, Boatman League. Boatman League is where it's heating up. Tight, obviously, top tight. of the league, man's fucking formality. 20 points clear, the gels and that. They're squished it, you know what I mean? But the Boatman League is very tight. Who's going down? Because Brian Rice has just signed a new deal. His backroom staff, Hamilton's that going to give him a wee shot in the arm? Well, Hamilton always survive it, didn't they? Everybody says it every year. They always find a way, didn't they? Um, can they keep doing that? Can they keep doing that? Um, do you know what the last game of the season is, though? It's what? Hamilton Kilmarnock. Oh, Where is wow. it? At, Where is it? At Hamilton. I was going to say the plastic pitch might play a fucking factor, but the two of them have got mm. Shani. Two of them have got it. But the thing is, that many... to the last game of the season, my money's on Hamilton. How many goals has Kyle Lafferty scored so far? But he's fucking Dan Brown, isn't he? Did they not? He's, he's only scored in one game, is he not? Fucking better move. He did. He, only, he scored a hat trick in one game, and that's no, it. he's doing. He scored more than that. I don't, <laughs> I don't think he has it. I'm happy as well. Got my bed. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. sure? She's right here. All exciting news, man. I'm trying to take the heat off the edge. Right here, exciting news, man. Mm-hmm. I got my COVID jag today, man. Get the fuck. Is this is this is this for the River City? No, I care for my mother-in-law. Right, okay, okay, right, okay. Fair enough. I was ready. I was ready for jumping on my bare feet there. I've still no head, mate. I've got one lung. Two, two, two. One lung. I've got one. Steve, you've got one lung. If I catch COVID, I'm fucked. I'm up for you getting it. Who's got one lung? He's only one lung. I've got two half lungs. I had a fucking bad time out when I was a boy with a fat. But did you? Was you born with one lung? Was you born with one lung? No, mate. I was angry. I had to get a spinal surgery, and when they opened my back, they seen that my spine had damaged both of my lungs. Fuck's sake, man. Fuck so they, they had to they had to amputate two half like a half feet long. Right. Yeah, if anybody know. is needing the COVID jag, it's Chris Toll. So if anybody's listening out there, they can get Chris in quicker because he's only got two half lungs. Let's get him in and let's get his COVID jag. <laughs> I said, go fund me. I said, go fund me. I said. Uh, start a GoFundMe page for Crystal and if anybody wants to buy him any sweeties because there's always a big queue waiting to go in and get the drag and get some sweeties to eat on the way in that only um, happened if Paul yeah. stays in front of me in the queue <laughs> <laughs> right boys it's getting to the end of the season right? let's a wee bet who's going down I'm saying Kelly I'm going to say Kelly as well John I think I'd Hamilton I don't know why I'm saying Hamilton because they always survive but I'm going to say Hamilton this time around Paul I'm going to say Ross County earlier. Oh, no Yogi, man. No, nah. I actually tipped him. I tipped him to stay up at the start of the season, but I'm, I'm going you to You tipped that. Motherwell to go down, remember? I Aye. tipped at Johnston. That's right. But I'll go with, I definitely, I'm going with Kelly, definitely. I think it's Tommy Wright, like John says, Tommy Wright, I thought maybe I've gave him a wee shot in the arm when he came in, but it's not really happened, didn't it, no? Did they get a fucking COVID jag on all the cunts? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> More football chat, boys, later in daft chat in the open line soon. And on the big question, we are looking for Scottish football's greatest away day. And our guest this week is a legend of Scottish management. He led Falkirk to fifth in the Premier League and hearts to the Scottish Cup. It's the one and only Jim Jeffries. Football daft with G4 claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Call them now on 01698 767 172. Remember, if you've been in a road traffic accident and it's not your fault, G4 claims they're here to make it easy for you. Because what do they do? They provide you with complete accident management support that you require. Listen to this. They're going to recover their costs for the at-fault party. 
Not only that, they're going to sort you a like-for-like -like vehicle replacement. Get this. They're also going to organise your vehicle to be repaired at one of their approved body shops and returned back to your front door. Now listen, should your vehicle be deemed a write-off, they're going to recover the pre-accident value for your motor, write you a big fat check for it, and best of all, it's not going to cost you a penny, as they charge the at-fault insurance direct. Why would you do anything else? You need to go to G4 Claims because they don't cold call, they don't buy data. Once I've processed your claim, your insurance is going to remain unscathed. It's an absolute no-brainer. The best thing you can do is go to the call and the team because they're not going to take on your case if they don't think they can help you. So, if you've been in a road traffic accident or you can somebody that has, get one of G4 claims. It's easy. 01698 767172. That's 01698 767172. Get them at notatfullclaim.com or find them on social media at G4 Claims Limited. G4 Claims, not at fault claims, made Football daft open line, the open line where everything goes. Uh, will Celtic ever appoint a new manager, Chris Toll? No. Uh, do you think Lee Griffiths will end up at Aberdeen? Yes, That's I do. Over. I That's do over. think so. Or he's maybe going back to Hibs, who knows? And just who is H in line of duty? We don't know. Oh, oh. And no spoilers because I've not seen the new series yet. I'm, so. I'm starting to think it's one of the three mains. Do you think so? I, th I'm I think it still think... might be Hastings, man. I think it ah. could be. I think it could be Kate. I will go out there, oh, out there. Maybe. Well, you can give us your theory if you want. We'll hand over to our panel of football experts. Here they are. It's Stephen Cavins. It's Graham Goody, and it is, of course, Chris Delahunt. So let's go to our first caller. Uh, he's been on before. It's Derek Johnston, not that one. Oh, for fuck's sake! Is it DJ? Welcome to the show. What would you like to say to the panelists? How are we? Good, Derek, mate. Derek, have you been speaking to the police? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't like the police, too. <laughs> Try to stay away from that, lot. <laughs> um, how, can, how can we help you today, Derek? What do you want to talk about? So, back about Christmas time, you said more also on the show, boys. It was a brilliant podcast, but during it, he's a... Uh, Get a, a mention of the Jinx documentary. It uh, sent me down a wee rabbit hole. So I was looking to turn football daft into documentary daft that wrestling daft seen basically oh. and get some more documentary recommendations after Mate, I swear to God, I couldn't agree with you anymore, mate. I'm no joking. I'm, I'm right behind you with that. I'd love to come on here and talk about documentaries every week. I watched a documentary the other night. Listen to this, right? You'll love it. It's called Honeyland, right? And it's about a wee woman in Macedonia that basically stays in a fucking... She's just got rocks for a house. She's not got a kitchen. She's just... She's not got a mattress for her bed. And she's with a wee old ma. And a wee old ma's 85. She's got a big gash in her head, right? And all they've got to eat is honey because they, they breed bees, right? And it's very, very interesting. So she breeds these bees and she takes the honey and she goes into the town and sells uh, tubs of honey. Then these this other mob move in, right? This family... And they start going, and this is all. <laughs> this is all recorded over four years, and she's. They're going here. How do you? How do you breed bees? How do you make honey? She says, "Look, this is how you do it." So then they end up stealing all the bees. And this poor woman's left without any the income. Her old ma dies. The winter comes, and I swear to God, man, it's one of the most eye-opening documentaries. You don't know you're born watching this. It was superb. However, back to the. It will never beat the jinx. The jinx is superb. Jinx Robert is Dust for what he done. 
he's a bad, bad man, <clears> but you can't help but love his charisma, man. He's fucking, he's a great, he's a great okay. character, isn't he? Anybody that walks into a shop with three, three, three thousand pound in their pocket and fucking nabs steals a piece. A, steals a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what a boy. What a boy. What a boy. What a boy. I've got one for you. See if you like that Robert Dusty Jinks one. There's a series. I don't know if you can get it here. I've watched it through uh, a VPN, shall we say? Express and it, VPN. And it's called Very Scary. It's called, it's called Very Scary People. Right? See if you can get a hold of it. Watch it. It's fucking dynamite. It's all about serial killers, but it's done through a series and it's hosted by uh, Donnie Wahlberg. Oh, it's a, it's a brilliant show, man. You should give that a go. That's how I heard about uh, Robert Durst. Right. But see, I, I, I know what you mean, too, but I don't like show, I don't like, and then, then I don't like all that it's Channel not, 5, like kind of, and then, the, 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 come on, I like when it's all quite raw and quite, psh, that's what, what I mean? it was, that's what it is, it's interviews yeah. with the people that were involved in everything and all that, so it's mm. it's it's really good, but a wee aside, do you know, see Fred Durst for Limp Biscuit, do you know his real name's Robert Durst? Is it? Is it? Hi. And it's even the, when it all came out about Robert Durst and all that, everybody thought that it was Fred Durst that had fucking, they had knocked people off. Brilliant. What a buzz. So did you watch it all then, Derek? Aye, I mate. I battled through a lot of it. Then because I watched that, I ended up watching the movie that it's based on. Well, the movie that all well, that's based on. What was it called again? This is a lot of shite because all of it was missing. Aye. Like, it wasn't the same in the movie, wasn't it, no? Nah, I watched, I watched the, the uh, Tina Turner Documentary and all after he's recommended that I cut out to go. Me and Mrs. sat there full time and I'm like, ah, she's shite compared to we told, to be honest. Well, Derek, hopefully you got some um documentary recommendations there for the boys. <laughs> These spirits no bad, by the way. You'll never eat a fish again. Watch that, mate. Sad. See the whales getting fucking. That was horrible. Horrible. Well, that's made you want. Made you want Scotland to beat the Faroe Islands even more, didn't it? I did, mate. It was in the same week. You're right. Well, Dick, thanks for coming on, mate. Cheers, man. Cheers, Derek. 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 Cheers, Milm, who's been on before. He's and been on before as well, hasn't he? His middle name is Koisty, so there we nice, go. Nice, no, it's McCoist. McCoist. <laughs> but we take that, that Honeyland documentary. Um... I just like daft things like that, I don't know. Hello. How you doing, Koisty? I'm good, Koisty. doing well. Yours all, you've done good. That's, how a, sma- that's how a smashing jumper you've, you've got there, mate. You've been, nice sitting on, been sitting in that for 10 years, you can't. <laughs> 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 got to buy all the merch when it comes out. I've been waiting so long. That's <laughs> it, bro. You're through to the panel. What would you like to see this week, sir? Um, obviously, it's all from weekend this weekend, um, or I've, as Chris wants to call it, Glasgow Derby. Um, I just call it a football, mate. <laughs> the football's happening this weekend. I can't wait. It used to yeah. be a challenge, man. I know, man. man like, the tension's a bit, fucking, bit too much, isn't it? I but the question I was wanting to ask about you basically just your earliest memories of your like not your earliest memories but your first ever what's your memories of your first ever old firm game that you attended? Oh, like, mine's was Rangers, uh, Rangers Celtic in uh, November '95. Was it the free each game? I've spoken right. about it loads of times, but I, I just remember that '1995 was the first season 
I started going to Ibrox my father and we I think we played Hibs and then we played Falkirk and whatever. And the atmosphere was alright, but see just as a young boy, I think I was eight year old at the time and just turning up and just seeing Celtic warm up and the full Brimland being ten and it was just like it was actually quite a bit like what do you call that? No Aye, it was just there was something about it, and it was like, oh, and like the guy behind you that's always like sitting in his horns for the full game, he's up already singing and going. It's overwhelming when you first. Uh, overwhelming, that's the word I'm looking for. And I just remember being like, and it, but also that was a game where did we know score a goal? Did we, did David Robertson score a goal? And scored. then we didn't know exactly. But it was all it was aye. a weird, weird, weird game. But Jerry, Jerry, what's the score? Remember that? Come on. Aye, that's right. Mm-hmm. Aye, aye, aye. But I mean, I don't. Ever since then, man, you're like, you just want to go to every single one of them. I, I think my first one was, I think it was when Goff scored. Remember Richard Goff scored the header? He did, aye. Gaza scored as well yeah, that day. Gaza scored the header. He had his blonde hair that was spiky. Sure, that was the first one I went with my dad, but I don't know. Some's telling me it's no, but I think it was. But I remember what Gary was saying, walking up and you just see the full broomy and it's just a sea of green and white and it's some you've never seen because obviously you go to the games, the away fans, only team that maybe comes close to filling their allocation like Selic is maybe Aberdeen when they come to Ibrooks. But then yeah. when you see that full broomy, just green and white, and you're like, wow, this is... Mm-hmm. And you, you just hear there's a different vibe in there for any other game you go to. But I think it was a 2 all that game, Gaza then. Mm-hmm. Go off if I'm right. I think it, it was. was a... I'm a few mm-hmm. years before you, lads. My first old firm was the uh, St. Patrick's Day Massacre. Where we... Selic hammered Rangers, I think it was 3 nothing that day, we scalped you and then we beat you again the next week right, and I was at that one as well and my dad's like, you need to come just talk, we'll, just, we'll just talk about the first one mate, don't you go on about the other uh, games uh, right, you've been a mascot you've been a mascot in the <laughs> games now Nah, no, mate, fucking, do you know what, the fucking uh, bastards stop me for the bastards, eh, German bastards I'll, <laughs> I'll, mention, I'll, I'll mention my first one, my first one was in April 1998 the season that obviously set up, the month later, Celtic were going to stop 10 in a row. Yeah. Um, it was 2 0 to Rangers and Jonas Tern and George Alberts. Jonas Tern scored an score a mega world, no? Uh, ah, yeah, it? A thunderbolt. And I can remember just that goal going in and just the, the full like place going mental and just the excitement in the place. And I was like, there was tears running down my eyes of happiness. It was the best. The best shooter ever. He was one of the players you thought he was going to beat because he was a he was a class act, but he just never yeah. really got gone at Rangers, man. But that was one of the greatest old firm goals ever. You'll never yeah, hang me, you'll never replace the memories at all. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like that's that's something that you'll take to your grave for you. They're so vivid and auto, aren't they? Aye, man. Aye, they really are. Aye, they are, aye, 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 they are. <laughs> John, what was your what? first old firm? Do you know what? I've never been to an old firm. I've been to an Edinburgh Derby, but I've never been to an old firm. Uh, what, what, can you remember your first Dunfermline Falkirk match? Falkirk, uh, yeah, it would have been. Do you know what? I think my first one was the Scottish Cup when we beat them um, in the Scottish Cup on the way to the final. Uh, beat yeah. that, that was cracking. That was that was hideous though because it was right off the back of Norrie McCarthy sadly passing away. So there was a lot of needle mm. and a lot of. Disgusting songs sang by the Falkirk supporters that day. Let me tell you, sounds absolute, sounds mayhem. <laughs> what was it like? Was that was that a mega eye opener when you went to Edinburgh Derby? Like, oh my god! No, I, I, I mean, I mean, Falkirk and Dunfermline. There's a lot of needle on that, um, but I, the... I know, but there's only forty counts. <laughs> 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 but I've been a few done. Edinburgh Derby was amazing. Edinburgh Derby was amazing. You've been a few, have you? I am. I'm, I'm for Falkirk, so I went to a few of my pals in the in the past. Went to East, East End Park, yeah. and it. Ever got involved in any of the naughtiness when you were there? Ian? 
Eh, nah. Have you ever seen John up the high street? <laughs> uh, no, no, not yet. Well, right. hopefully, hopefully when the doors open, I'll tell you what. When the, we get crowds back in the stadium, I'll take you boys to a Falkirk Dunfermline match. If you take, ah, you're all right, mate. Ah, cool. okay, it's all right. I'm busy <laughs> that night. Just for offer. I don't. I don't I've like. Got, sit, I don't like sitting in a gazebo. <laughs> Ian, thank you very much for right, coming. Thank you. Thanks, Cheers, Ian. So that's it for this week's open line. Thanks to all our callers this week. If you want to get on next week, dead easy. Just keep an eye out on Twitter or the Facebook, or get involved in our Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash football daft. Football daft's big question. Scottish football, lots of great away venues. Been to a lot in the, in the past. Used to go to away games all the time. But the big question this week is. What is Scotland's best away day? Toll, you're a man that's been a journeyman of Scottish football. I have. I've been all mm-hmm. over the place, to be honest with you. I've got two that I really enjoy, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Tynecastle, purely mm-hmm. because you're right in Antarctica. But I've got a soft spot for Rugby Park. Oh, mate, I'm, I'm with you with that. I really have got a soft spot for Rugby Park. Pure, purely because, see, when it's going well and the, the fans are jumping up and down, you think the place is going to actually fall down. Like, you can mm-hmm. feel the stand bouncing and all that, and obviously the fucking pie stall's all right and all in it. Right. You know what I mean? Total, it's funny you say that, mate. I, I love it and all. I, I don't know if it's going to end today with the fact that it's only like 20 minutes down the road, so it's like you can drink the boozer to the very last kick of the ball before you get up. But I, it's, do you know, it's funny, I remember, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Paul, right? but I remember being at Rugby Park, maybe, oh, I can remember my mate Patty was there, so it was what, maybe 2007, mm-hmm. and I remember, you know how when you go to Rugby Park, a lot of folk congregate just at the kind of, doing the stairs, before you got, mm-hmm. you got the stairs done, and I remember folk going, fucking shell suit bulbs on there. Shell bulbs, shell suit bulbs on there. Do you remember that, huh? Like, do you remember going to Rugby Park, didn't that? No? Oh, not I've that specific that. day, but... No, I don't know, I remember going, I remember Rugby Park, I'm not just saying it because you used to say it. It's probably one of my favourites as well. Me and my mm-hmm. mate Junior used to go. So only, it's the only stadium where I've started a chant and all. <laughs> what was the chant? And I've, and, I've, and I've watched it like go for like Marrow to like the next stone. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, fucking in hell. Yeah, we did it Well done, man. You started that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time we used to go to away games, me and my mate Tam went to Fur Park. Uh, remember, Rangers were in the early fucking early doors section of the League Cup or something that we beat Motherwell at Rugby Park and it was like Waghorn scored a fucking belt of his left peg and we were right behind the goal mm. me and my mate Tam walked in and it's like one person sees you and a bit of banter starts and it's just me a banter at a way game it's always shell suit shell suit geezer uh, sash uh, you're not going to start singing the sash and then all you get is shell suit is Nino shell suit and it's all away days are always the best another one I used to really enjoy was Tannadice Used to like oh. as well. Aye. Been like a couple that. of good games up there as well. Tanner Aye. is good. Do you know what? I've never been to I've never been to Hearts and Rangers. I've never done that. I've done I've been I've done Tyne Castle. Tyne Castle. Castle's amazing. That's right. I think for me, Tyne Castle is one of the best away days because it's you get the train through for Falkirk. You'll not remember you know, what Tyne Castle's like. Oh fuck off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you get to through it, there's a load of good boozers <coughs> on the ground and all that. But I mean, did Grado see? Did you go to when you Rangers were coming up through the week? Hey, that know? was going to be my next thing. That's what I was going to say. What I used to go to Dumbarton, wait to Dumbarton games because we used to work Saturdays and Sundays sometimes down at River City, and obviously we filmed in Dumbarton. Went to a couple of games at Dumbarton. Absolute shite, holy ass stadium. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes go, it. Though. That's what. Aye. Going through the leagues, um, John. 
I was always wrestling every, mm-hmm. every Saturday, so I kind of missed that. Although I did go to a couple of games at Somerset Park. I've not, I don't think I've missed a game there. Somerset just... Park, there's a good one as well. Somerset Park's mm-hmm. a great but there was a, Tav's first game as captain a couple of years ago. I remember being there, man, and it was snowing, and it was the, honestly the coldest game I've ever been to, but it was... There's nothing better when Rangers come to town and they take out a or Celtic or all when they, when they go to a, a weird stadium and everything's been and it looks amazing all packed and all. I stand in Somerset Park as well. All the mm-hmm. standing behind the goals. That's right. I love like Capelo and Somerset Aye. Park and all these kind of places. I love Montrose. I like. I'll, we were, I've been up to Montrose a few times and great boozers on the high street. Great we wandered into the ground. Great ch- on the train journey up. It's all about the, the journey on the way up. It there. is man. All that band. That's what. I love that man. Years ago, we used to always get the bus for Duke Street away days down there, a couple of pints on the bus, boom away. Oh, that see that stuff you can't put a price on that. It's so good, man. The away days are the best. Cool man. So shall we hear? <laughs> what, shall, shall we hear what some of the punters have been saying? Let's do it. Uh, oh yeah, Chris. let's do it, Chris. Let's do it. Right, so Rab, funnily enough, has come in. He says he loves Tyne Castle for the atmosphere. So good to see that they'll be back next season. Congratulations to Hearts again. Do you know what? Mm-hmm. It's funny you say that as well, right? And and Rab says that, but see the amount of players you hear as well that say they love playing there. I remember Barry Ferguson saying he prefers playing there than than at Parkhead. Like Aye, they all love Tyne Castle, don't they, man? They all love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stuart has got in touch. He says, Annan away. Train down at 10.15, few beers, then head to the shed pub for a few more beers. Five minutes stagger to the ground, then back for a few more before train home. And then a few more beers. That sounds crying. Aye. At Glasgow lockdown, Aberdeen away, end of conversation. I was never allowed to go to Pitodry. I was never allowed to go to Pitodry because my, my, my brother um, was eight and he was in a pub with his father and he got the heat put on him when he was eight year old. And that, and a bruiser up there. So Jesus Christ, was, man. My big mate, Bert, would go to, he's been to Orem, I think, man, he always says that, like Pitodry, there was like, some dodgy times gone there. It's the Especially coldest, it's fucking... the coldest stadium oh, in freezing. the fucking world, yeah. man. Aye. Absolutely. Like um, there, Callum says so many are great, but Celtic and Wraith for the hot dogs. Oh, I've Can never I, had a Wraith hot dog. No, I've never had a Wraith hot dog. Yeah. Uh, it's all about the Kelly Pie, innit? You never hear about the Kirkcaldy hot dog. No, but then they always, <laughs> but then they always go about the, the Dunfermline uh, Bridey, didn't they, John? Ah, uh, the Bridey at Dunfermline. It's at Browns. What's the butcher? There's Brownings. A... Brownings. I think Brownings. it's Brownings. I think Brownings. it's... No, Brownings, Brownings are the Kelly, Kelly Pies. Oh, is right. it Brownings? But there's a, there's a baker in Dunfermline and the Brideys. As much as I fucking hate Dunfermline, the Brideys are fucking brilliant. I want to try a Kirkcaldy wiener, man. That's what I, I can... <laughs> <laughs> Right, Robert <laughs> said, used to love going to Air United. Did feel like a proper day out and up to Dundee four times a year was also good. There you go. Gary says, hips are hearts away. They're brilliant stadiums and usually a decent away following. Loads of ways to get there. Pubs galore. And you can also stay out afterwards for about six hours, get the last train home. The jackpot is an Edinburgh trip in August. Oh, aye. If we're allowed. Ross says, Inverness away. 7am cans getting open for the train or the bus. Up there for opening time. Pints in the sun at the Mallard. Drinks and songs all day. Love Do you know what? Fair play to the boys that go to all their games. That they, know, they got man. up at six bells and... Inverness away is a good and... Inverness. I did that for my stag doing Inverness away. Fucking it's another one that's fucking freezing. It's right on the water and it's absolutely right. Baltic. And it's that, see that one one road, that one track road all the way up and if you're stuck behind a fucking old tractor or and something. And you're like busting for a piss because you've tanned about eight fucking cans, man. Mm-hmm. Right, Ross, no, that's Ross said that. It's Dave, says Dunfermline. 
Bud over the bridge, bounce into Cody's for 12. DJ on, plays the hips, songs, gets the whole pub bouncing, and usually a trip there after the game before getting the last train home. Oh, I want to do this, masses make me all jealous, man. Oh, man. Darren says Inverness away by a great mile. No, he says Inverness away by a mile. Great wee set up at the ground, but the night or two away up there is class. Johnny Fox is all night. Can't beat it. You know what Inverness is like the the most. What was it? There's something about it. it's the most. It's the it's the, what do you call that when it's become newer? It's the most gentrified. Is that what you call it? Gentrified. Because there's been hotels put in. There's more nightclubs. It's apparently the fastest rising in Europe. And right. it, I do agree, man. It is. It's a good. It's all apart for the travel up there, but it's a good. I've not been in fucking Chris says hips are hearts away. Getting the train over the bridge, going round all the old back street Edinburgh boozers, and then the shitty Edinburgh style fish and chips on the way home. Doesn't matter if you won or lost in Edinburgh. Always a good day out. Nah, see that? Definitely. See that? See with the, with, the, with the shitty fish and chips. What is that? Surely they don't. Oh, it... Salt and sauce. I like it. Aye. Mm. Right, okay, no, because I thought, you know, when you go to like, England and you go to Alton Towers and it's like a bird's eye fish, it's, Aye. Like, Aye. it's not that in Edinburgh, is it? No, 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 <laughs> no, <clears throat> salt and sauce. I think he's talking about, but I like yeah. the salt Aye. and sauce. I like salt and sauce. Ian says, for the pies, rugby park, for the trip, Dingwall to face Ross County. By the way, there's, I don't a man, have... there's a man who knows what he likes, but uh, do you know something? I could be, I could be wrong here, but I'm sure Kelly and Brown's or whatever the. The mob that done it. I'm sure they've had a fallout. I don't think they do it anymore. Aye, they don't do the Kelly Pies anymore. Nah, because... Who the fuck does it now then? No, because what happened was Brownings were selling Kelly Pies and Kelly trademarked it or something like that. So they, they hang me, they, they couldn't actually put Kelly Pie on the package. It, it's called now a Comarnock Pie. I'm sure if you try and get pie. it in the, in the shop. Tynecastle, Jordan says Tynecastle. No doubt about it. He says, although I had a few trips to East Fife away that were class, also Forest Mechanics, that was someday. Oofed. Oofed. Kevin's... I can't tell you where Forest is. Where is that again? Uh, it's up the arse end of nowhere, man. Is it's it? right up at the very top, I think. And from nowhere. Aye. So, uh, Kevin is the last person to come in. He says, Ross County is your push before you even get to the game. Football daft with G4 Claims. Find them on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at G4 Claims Limited. A story about a couple of decades ago. Private citizens used to be largely that. What were they? They were private. What's changed? The internet. Think about it. Everything you've browsed, searched for, watched, or tweeted, everything is all recorded now. Imagine that data being crawled through, collected, aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record. By the way, your record. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about, but in an era where Everybody's online, everybody's a public figure. You need to keep your data private when you go online. That is why I turn to ExpressVPN. Here's the deal. You've got hundreds of data brokers out there, and it's our sole business is to buy you your data and sell it. The worst part is they don't even have to tell you they're selling it. They don't even need your consent. One of the data points is your IP address. These data harvesters, they use your IP and they uniquely identify you in your location. But there is a but... Express VPN because when my connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server, my IP my IP address is masked. Every time I turn on Express VPN, I'm given a random IP address, it's shared by other Express VPN customers. That makes it more difficult for third parties to identify me and harvest my data. And the best part is how easy is it to use Express VPN? No matter what device you're on, it could be your phone, your laptop, smart telly. All you need to do is tap one button and you're getting yourself protected. So, 
If you're like me and you believe that your data is your business, then secure yourself with the number one rated VPN in the market. It's visit expressvpn.com or should I say expressvpn.com is a website. Get it visited. Get three months for free. It's expressvpn.com, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash daft. Now it's daft because we've got those gimmicks in the mail called bills. Go to expressvpn.com slash daft to learn more. Football daft. With G4 Claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Get them now at notatfaultclaims.com. It's the player profile playoff with piesports.com, giving you the taste of Scottish football while we're in lockdown by delivering pies to your door. You can get all sorts of pies in there curry pies, macaroni pies, steak pies. It's all there. Just go and check out their website, spypiesports.com. You can get them in for the games this weekend. Of course, it's the old firm, so you might want to get them sorted for that. Um, 0141739999 is the number you want to call if you want to order them across the phone. Um, and they'll deliver free charge to a lot of postcodes across Scotland. So check out the website to find out if you can get yours. Um, we Every week on Football Daft, we like to give away some pies. Uh, and we play a little game and on that game one of our listeners will take on one of the boys and this <laughs> what uh, are you on about uh, we play a little game <laughs> every <laughs> week we play game. a little game and in um, that little game <laughs> this week playing the little game it is Gary Clark how you doing Gary I'm very well thanks how yourselves good, good Gary good don't fuck me Gary man you look solid oh man I'm oh, Big boy, man. Who'd you sport, Gary? I'm a Rangers man. Oh, there we go. He's been on Rangers daft, hasn't he? That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right, right Gary. <laughs> uh, Gary, you you were before we go to get into the game. You were what you mentioned something about the Scottish Cup this weekend, is that right? Aye, so it was just it was a, it was a wee question I want to put the panel. So Scottish Cup games coming up this weekend, and do you remember seeing your wee? Because you guys are probably probably about the same Aye, age. It was, it was yesterday for me, mate. <laughs> 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 Remember when you were young and it was Scottish Bible Day and you would have like, I don't know, the cartoons had finished in the morning, right away the coverage was on for a fitter. It was on for 11 o'clock till 3 o'clock and, you know, it was a proper big build-up and no matter who was playing in it, you would make a point of watching it and you would look forward to it. You don't really get that much these days. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, I think it's because, say, like BBC or Sky or whoever's shown it, they'll maybe stick it on an hour before it starts. There's not much of a build-up. Um, and in my opinion, that I think see is is the most popular sport in the country. That should be BBC Scotland's flagship sporting event for the year. Aye. Um, mm-hmm. Where do you? The, oh, sorry. Keep going. Uh, where do you think the, uh, the the kind of magic's been lost for the Scottish Cup, and what do you think could be done to bring you've, that back? But I think it's just It's all money. It's it, money. It, it, it's all money. I, I don't think that's what it is. What remember back in the day? Live football wasn't available all the time, mm-hmm. and see, see when it came to Scottish Cup final day, that was one of probably, I, I think they, they showed six games a season live or something, so that was one of six. So I think that's where it's been worth. But he's bang on, now. right? Because it- John, uh, a day you probably like to forget, but I can still remember watching Kelly and Falkirk and Gary. You're bang on for like fucking 
early doors in the morning. Your team's not involved in it, but you're watching the Aye. highlights of the season. They've got interviews. They've got the players turning up and all that and Aye. walking on the pitch, and it was a big occasion. There was, there was, see, the last season's League Cup final where Selic beat us 1-0 mm-hmm. and Christopher Julian scored. We were doing Pantelgado. I remember BT Sport done a yep. thing for 12 o'clock or something, or 11 o'clock it was, in the morning. It was 9, 9 o'clock in the morning. Something, it was on something that pure early, my mates were saying, it's the best coverage I've seen. And that's the only time in modern day football I can remember it being such a fucking spectacle. Do you know what I mean? Where it's a throwback to the old days where if I was the Dane Panther that day, I know for a fact I'd have been up fucking whatever time it's starting, sitting there ready and you're buzzing. Do you know what I mean? But And then, that, then they took it off them. Aye, they took it off BT. But BT, Scott, really, that, they done it really fucking, they were bang on with that, that yeah. day, man. Oh, fucking emotional, anyway, man. So anyway, Gary, what's your, what's your thing, man? What's your buzzer? What's your buzzer, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> so, <the> Memories. Game... <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well. Sorry, go on, what you saying, mate? So the game, Gary, if you don't know what it is, I'm going to read out a player uh, description from a season in Scottish football. All you've got to do is guess what the player is quicker than one of the boys does. Uh, first to two wins. But if you do guess, Gary, and it's wrong, you're out of the game and hand over control to the other boys. First to two wins. Uh, Gary, what is your buzzer going to be? I'm going to go for 55, just because that's what everybody else has been going for the last <laughs> Easy to remember. That's true. Uh, right, let's find out who you're playing today, Gary. It is Christopher Toe. Again! Again. I actually talked to my pal before I come on this, and I was saying, I hope I don't get told. I was hoping I would get Grado, because I think my football body <laughs> is roughly... roughly I'm playing him. Come on. Right, okay, right, okay. <laughs> All right, then. All right, then, Grado. Here we go, then. Uh, so, what's your, what's your puzzle, Grado? Pies. Pies. Oh, I, I, I had a good buzz of the day, no man. Oh, did you? Who was it? Golasio. I'll stick with pies. Ah, kill me. The season, gentlemen, we're going back to this week is the 24 2015 season. Oh, that's oh, a no. bad one. It's a bad one. It's a bad one. Bad one. I know. Mate, I'm leaving watching it then, really. It's Fucking hell, man. That was Hearts, obviously, Pipped Rangers. Uh, to the championship, Celtic won the title in the League oh. Cup. Inver- oh, it's a bad one because Inverness beat Falkirk in the final of the Scottish Cup. Nah, I'm going to do well on this. I don't want to do this season either, but we'll we'll crack on anyway. Uh, right, okay, guys, ready? Here's your first player. After being released by Brentford, this right back ended up at Aberdeen after previously being loaned to the club the season before. In a match against Celtic, he complained of racist abuse from opponent oh. Alexander Tonev. Buys. Gary got in first grade, though. Is it Shea Logan? Oh, fuck's it yeah. is Shea Logan, mate. One now. I said Shea Logan before I said Pies, fuck's sake. <laughs> right. Shea Logan, Pies! <laughs> first time, first time you said anything before you've said Pies. <laughs> <laughs> right, next player. Come on, Grado. Um, this Finnish international returned to Kilmarnock after a loan spell in 2010, where he became a cult hero and was nominated for Player of the Year in Scotland. As an attacking midfielder, he was a set-piece specialist and scored five goals oh. on his return. Oh Although he failed to agree a new deal at the end of the season. Pies! Can't yeah. remember his name. Begins with an E. Emilio Emmanuel. E- 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 oh, fuck, I can't remember his name. E- Emilio. Emilian. Emilian. No, Emilio. Nearly, nearly. Emmanuel. 
Emmanuel. No, no, that's a porno. That's a porno. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Right. Gabriel. You're wrong, Grado. Uh, Gary, you got to have a stab at it. I've honestly not got a clue. No oh, idea. Oh, Ermalenko! Oh, for fuck's sake, man! Oh, what a player he was. He was some fucking player. Did you know who I was talking about? I knew who you were talking about. But Aye, the only still one, no, Gary. The only person that never knew who you were talking about was you, Grado. Emmanuel! 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 Right, next player then, boys. This was the centre-half second season at Motherwell after joining them from Bristol City. Having won 26 caps for Scotland and having previously played for Middlesbrough and Celtic, this was his... Pies! Grado. McManus. It is. Well done, 1-1. Goes to the last player, boys. Oh, nerve jangler now, boys. Nerve jangler. Here we go. This tricky winger made 25 appearances for Dundee United in this season, scoring five goals, although this was to be his last at Tanadice. Pies. Oh. Johnny Russell. Wrong. Right, I'll continue. This was to be his last season at Tanadice before joining Celtic. Oh, Oh, no. You bastard. He scored Dundee at his second oh. goal in a 3 1 win against Rangers. Fucking in idiot! Semi final at Ibrox. He's going to end up winning that. I don't think he knows it. Can I not get a guess it? No, I'm out. You're out. I'll go until I get, I'll, I'll keep going until I get to the end. He started in the 2 uh, 0 defeat at St Johnson at Celtic Park, being substituted for Ryan Gold after 64 minutes. After a fairly lackluster career at Celtic, he played for Aberdeen, New York City, and now finds himself at Hearts. Come on, Gary. I've no idea. You've oh, no idea. Gary Steven, Grado's got I'm out. That's fair's fair. fair. You know, you've got an R1. you got an R1, John. I've not, you've, I thought this was so easy to do. That, was, that was actually easy to do, the bands, man. I thought it was so I easy. You'll get anywhere, man. Because that's no fair. Because I, no, I was I out. Know. I tell you what, I'll, right, I'll grab up a Rangers player from that season since you're both Rangers. Oh, fuck it. I'm off. That's uh, dark memories, mate. This player joined Rangers on a three-year deal pending international clearance on August 2012. After the move, he joined Rangers because manager Ali McCoist uh, persuaded him to join. He made his first debut against Falkirk in the League Cup in Who's 2012. Position is he? He is a centre-half. He's from France. And he was playing on the Rangers. Hey, hey, 55. Gary. Well done. Yes. <laughs> there we go. I like, I, like, I like the fact he joined Rangers because manager Ali McCoy got him to join Rangers. <laughs> well done, mate. Well, well done, Gary. Well done. And if you want pies, again, remember where to go, piesports.com. Football daft with G4 claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Call them now on 01698 767 172. Hello, welcome to Football Daft, a legend of the Scottish game. As a manager, he took Falkirk to the First Division title twice and their highest league finish. He also took Kilmarnock to the League Cup final and led Dunfermline through administration. He is most known for his time at Hearts, though, where he won the Scottish Cup manager of the year and is now a hall of famer at the club it is none other than jim jeffries welcome to the show jim thank you glad to be here how you doing mate you good yeah i'm fine thanks uh, good, good. like everybody else glad that things are 
easing up a wee bit and getting back out in the golf course. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, you enjoy your golf. A few I like the golf, but we're certainly going. I think the last time I've had a, a proper round of golf was the 30th of November, so it's been quite what a did, way off. What did you, the, reason, you... the reason for that is because my, my course is some 40 minutes away and you're not allowed to travel into that area, so uh, I'm in the wrong postcode, so uh, ah. we wait till that news came the other day where we can now travel to outdoor activities and sport. So, so will you be, tomorrow, on, will you be on, the, on the course tomorrow morning, first time? Tomorrow morning. <laughs> Good on you, Jim. Did you, watch, did you watch the Open? Yeah, I watched the, watched all the, uh, the Masters. Sorry. The Masters, the Masters, come on. The Masters, yeah, I watched that. Had a, a bit of a flutter on it, so we managed to break even. Oh, good, now you're talking. Good, good, good. Jim, right. Jim myself and the boys are obviously buzzing to have you on the show. You know, you're a, a legitimate legend of Scottish football, and it's great to have you on the show. But tell me this did you always like football growing up? Football? Oh, everything right from as a kid. It, the only thing I ever got for Christmas for, the, for my first, well, when I started uh, as a young boy getting out, it was a, a heart strip and tracksuit and a ball and an orange and a packet of peanuts or something like that. <laughs> so, you were a, so you were a Hearts fan all the way back to when you were a kid? Yeah. That must have been amazing when you eventually got to walk through the through the doors as a manager of the club. Oh, yeah. I think when you say management, and uh, you never think about it. You just think about the club you're with and doing having success. And obviously the success at... Started at Berwick Rangers and then up to Falkirk um, and, and worked with a great chairman there and David Holmes, um, who was put forward with the owners of the club. And uh, you know, to, to to you know, he goes about and tells everybody that you know it was quite a pressure job because I think everybody associated David with maybe a top name and like say Graham Roberts was mentioned and Terry Butcher because they had all played for him at. Uh, Ibrox, and um, but I think you know to go around telling everybody that they were going to do something for the first time in their history is win, go up, winning the title because I think yeah. they always went up as runners up. I think Bob will confirm, um, John will confirm that. So I, I think uh, that was a lot of pressure, but we managed we managed to do it, and it was great to achieve that. And, uh, and with some, it was, you know, there, there was a, obviously when I moved to Harps, there was a little bit of a, a thing happening, but uh, it just shows you how much I respected at, at Falkirk. Um, and it was one of the best things I've ever, ever had is, is getting the Millennium Award or manager of the Millennium for, for Falkirk after the way that uh, I was sort of, when I moved to Harps, you know, it wasn't the, the best. Uh, you broke my heart, Jim, you broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just one of those things that, that George, I, I went to say I was going to Hearts and then uh, the, the, the mistake I made was I went to Falkirk and there was hundreds of kids there and people had gathered to try and emotionally change my mind and of course the chairman did a good job with me at the time, we got on great with him and we did a job and I was just fed up with it to be honest at the time and just said look, but Hearts were very persistent and they knew I was always wanting to go and take that challenge having supported and played for them. So, um, as I say, maybe two or three weeks it was a bit of a, took a little bit of a, a 
criticism but it was all my own fault so uh, as I say you move on and uh, but for Falkirk to give me the, that title is, is one I, I hold very dearly uh, above all the others that I've managed to get you know that's brilliant. Jim, what are you doing just now? Are you actually part of, I was reading your Wikipedia and it says you're a sort of a advisor at Hearts, is that the case or is it, have you taken a step back? What's, what's happening? Yeah, you know, <laughs> last week when the, there was a bit of a criticism flying about, everybody said, you know, what uh, what's Jim Jeffries doing and that. And it's quite simple, Mark. when you're an advisor uh, consultant to Anne and the board, then whatever goes on, or what I say, uh, is purely uh, behind closed doors. It's confidential, and uh, if Anne uses it, then fine. If she if she doesn't, we just we get on with it. But uh, it, it, you know, if whatever I say would only come out if, if uh, the board or or Anne wanted it to. So, and I think that's the same for any. If you're a consultant advisor in any walk of life. That's uh, you know that's something that's always held in confidence. It's not my, my my job to come out and say what I think publicly. What I have done is, you know, whenever Robbie's asked me to support support him, well, I agree with him. Not that doesn't. It's not up to me. It's up to <clears throat> he stands involved, and I've helped him all. I, every time I've, he's asked me to help him, either with a player going out or a player coming in or advice, and I've managed to do that. Um, and that's my rules simply. Um, what I think and what I think is is uh, is always as I say, it's 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 not for public domain, you know. Right. Well, yeah, congratulations, obviously winning the league, Jim. Champions went. Yeah, well, that was great. Yeah, Good news. Right. Main thing, yeah. But what do you what do you think of the team's perform? Obviously, overall, you've won the league. That's obviously the main aim at the start of the season. But what do you think of the team's performance this season? Look, I think Robbie knows and. The players know themselves. That's, that's the most important thing that uh, we've 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 probably struggled with some performances, um, disappointing in the two cup competitions this year. But um, you know, all the pressure was on Hearts to, to get up. They've got there. Yes, if they had maybe, hopefully, had maybe could have done it a few weeks earlier. But the only hardest thing in any sport, whether it's snooker, it's the last frame. If it's golf, it's the last. Hole or it's the same in football, you know. You it's always tough to get over the line. It doesn't matter how much you lead. How many times have we seen in sport that you know it's a foregone conclusion? Then suddenly, whoa, wait a minute, you know it's, it's going to be a lot tighter than we we think. And I, I think that happens in tennis. Anything you could be, Aye. it could go. You know, you think it's all over, and then suddenly a couple of things swing each either way. And I think that's the beauty of of sport that. Uh, you, you can never tell till it's over, and uh, but we got there in the end, you know. But Jim, do you know? Do you know? Notice a big difference, really, maybe when you were managing in the nineties, in terms of managers, the time that they're given to try and make things work. It feels like if it's not working within three months, or the fans start voicing their concerns, it's like, oh, he's in the road. Have you noticed <laughs> that there is a big change with that since you, you were managing back back then? Well, put it this way, I was at Falkirk. So no Falkirk, well Falkirk for five years after that Kilmarnock was there for eight years. And Do you know what? Just, we were talking about that. Eight years you were at Kilmarnock. That is tremendous. Amazing. That is amazing. You don't, you don't get that time in football now. In fact, the, the big thing for me now is when I first started out, the manager was always in control 
or had made the final decision that won everything. There was no chief executives and mm. when we started out, there was no directors Sam, of football. Sorry, if Jim. You, was that until you ran into Romanov? That's a book on its own, that one. Uh, but, you know, in those days, when you first started out, the, the, the tea lady wouldn't buy you a tea bag without coming to see if it was okay the manager uh, agreed that, that she could go ahead and do that but just over the years the manager's position has definitely diminished it's now coming down in fact you don't get many managers now you get head coaches and mm-hmm. director of football deals with football and and then chief exec and then up until so it, it is a lot tougher now to to be successful uh, and get along Put it this way, I think testimonials are out there. Oh. <laughs> I think they were a thing in the past. Unless yeah. your name's Ricky Little. <laughs> 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 so, do you know what? I want to get the meat into the meats and bones of this, right? Because I'll tell you what, uh, me and Bob are Rangers fans growing up, right? And mm-hmm. I would have to say that one of the saddest days in our lives is probably one of the oh. happiest days of your life, right? We've spoken about this podcast before. <laughs> 16th of May, 1998. It was all yeah. meant to be. A beautiful send-off to Alan McCoy, Durant, to, to the goalie. You ruined and, it, Jim. You ruined, you ruined it. it. No, uh, no, no. But what a day if you're a jambo, because I've, I've actually went back and watched that recently, and all the kind of, it was on BBC not that long ago. I'm a and Russell, man. And there was there was all the kind of the the BBC had shown footage of years with the the open top bus through Edinburgh. What a day that must have been as a Hearts manager, as a team you've supported as a wee boy. Describe that day. Oh, just. Uh... You know, we believed, funny enough, when we went to prepare for the for the final, um, we had a we had a belief about us that we we lost obviously to two cup five two. You know, the five one was. I mean, remember that year it was five one. We were the year before we were nearly relegated. We we're one game away from uh-huh. relegation. So to get to a cup final and finish fourth in the league was a fantastic year for us. So, but we we knew. We, we said after the game, well, it's hurting today, but we need to get back quickly to put it right. Well, the next year we got to the League Cup final when, when Rangers beat us at Parkhead 4-3. Parkhead, Gaza. Great uh, game, great game. game. Gaza, 15 minutes of pure magic. Stevie Fulton, no score a great goal that day, yeah. didn't he? Stevie Fulton. Mm-hmm. We were different class the second half when we came out. We equalised. We looked like we were going to go into win it. And then Gascoigne, just 15 minutes of pure Magic looked uh, a couple of goals and we, we still came back and still made it. But we felt that day that it made us determine the right third time lucky. When we got back to the final again, you know, things had changed at Rangers because, were, as you said quite rightly, they were, they were starting the break up, uh, Gascoigne was gone, uh, Loudrop was in. We thought he's, he's always going to be a danger. He's such a great player, but he was on his way to Chelsea. Chelsea. I don't think he's been so consistent in that last. We well might be subconsciously looking after himself, you know. Uh, so we always hit on that that you know he, he isn't he maybe right at the top of his form, but we've got to be aware of him. Uh, but the big one for me was, uh, and we told the players when we were down in England, preparing, we were only going to get the answer to Tuesday, um, and that was that uh, Alberts, who had pulled Rangers, I mean we drew two two in a league game at at um, Ibrox. And he scored both free kicks, one just before and one late on when we looked like we were going to win. And um, but I felt he was the one that was pulling it. And he got sent off in the last game of the season. And we thought, well, if it's a direct, if it's a straight red, Aye. 
he misses. misses he, he two yellows, he's okay. So we were, when we heard he was out, we, we just thought it was our best chance because there are a lot of still good players but didn't have these players that make the difference between, you know. Remember, uh, I remember the semi-final that season. Alberts dragged Rangers through that semi-final. He did. Yeah, he did. Well. He did. And, so it was a big plus for us. So, you know, we, we got the players' heads. We, we, we uh, prepared right. We felt that was our best chance. And as we say to them, we believe that, and I've said this often, that the crowd, the Tynecastle crowd there would probably, 40 years since they won a trophy. So we said that there's probably 75% of them going to turn up here thinking they'll never see Hearts win a cup. But it was a... Once we won it, it, it seemed to be the catalyst to go in and win it another. They've won it twice since in a 10-year spell. So um, it was such a major day. And just to, it was just mostly for the fans who had suffered the 86 and Dundee Oof, when they lost aye. the league. Aye. They nearly won. They were in two or three finals. They just couldn't get over the line. So it was... We just drummed into their heads all week, you know, you'll never believe the reception or, or, or the accolades that you'll get for for pulling it off. And we know it's not going to be easy. And it's uh, but it was just probably, well, it, anybody who was involved was going to turn in and say it's the greatest day of their lives. Right. Jim Hyde. It, must have, it must have been someday for, for old Gilles Russie, because when I think about the, the, the Scottish, was it the cup final the year before in the ball? When Loudrop under his legs, you know, his legs, you know for somebody like Gilles Rousset, that goalie, that must have been like, whoa, that's that, I've, you know, that's that, that's the monkey now off my back. Well, Gilles had some fantastic saves in the he game. He was a good goalie. He was a great goalkeeper, nice. a great lad. The wee story I was referring to later involves Gilles. We, we, <laughs> tell we us, go tell us. Well, I'll tell you, right? Uh, tell us a story. <laughs> Big Gilles, I still speak to him regular, and he's, he's such a great lad. And because of the goal in the 5 1 game, just after half time, it through his legs, you know, it was so heartbreaking for him that, uh, you know, he was distraught after that. So to see him get the, the final, the man of the match at the final was just, just if I wanted anybody to get it, it, would, it, was, it was him, and he got it. So great game, because he was such a great character. But I remember a story when Gary Locke, who was single at the time again, so <laughs> Gilles, Gilles had a, a daughter who was just getting to the age of 16, 17, who was French, getting quite pretty, you know, and quite a, a, a target for the, the boys, the single boys. So, and of course, Jim Hamilton was a... Jim Hamill, I should have answered to a lot of the questions you asked me earlier, <laughs> as far as training and all that. But anyway, Jim was was quite a character in, in the dressing room and that. So, and Gilles used to just shake his head at, at, at some of the things he did. So I turned around to him and I says one day, I says, is it okay to swear here, is it? Aye. Yeah. yeah aye, aye, butter. So he says, um, I says, Gilles, I says, uh, Laurie's uh, starting to catch the eye quite a few players. He says, I know. I says, what happens if Jim Hamilton was to knock on the door and ask to take her out? He said, and Gilles had a stammer, right? Really? So he says to me, Gaffer, I would fif, fif, get, take a, a gun and fucking shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> And I says, 
what about Lucky? What if Lucky turned up and asked her out? He says, I w- w- would fucking shoot myself. That's brilliant. And that is a true story. I still keep in touch with these boys. You know, they were a fantastic team. It was a great side, Jim. It was a great They were a good, well-balanced team, you know, David Weir. And, and, and that was a good thing. We, five of these youngsters came through. There's a lot of these youngsters at the start had, when we were building that team had come through the ranks. It was, it was unfortunate. Gary what, missed it through... Uh, Serious injury, but um, we had a we had a really good right balance side with a lot of pace with Neil McCann and Colin Cameron and and the back four were just outstanding all year. Um, David yeah, Weir, Gary yeah, you're mentioning you're mentioning David Weir there. Like obviously, when you look back at like your Falkirk days and stuff, did you ever think David would become the player he became? Um. I think you know when I seen him, I thought you know we've got we've got a player on our hands here, and actually Rangers, again another piece of information. Rangers, Walter, I knew Walter liked him, and we arranged to meet Walter and I arranged to meet at Westerwood. So and this is another true story that so we we sort of agreed, which was a lot of money in those days, something like three hundred and fifty thousand pounds or something. And uh, so we, we I says, okay, well, anyway. so we had just changed chairman at the time, or a new a new owner of the club, not just, a, but he became chairman, um, George Folston, who came from Hamilton, he was with the Hamilton Ackies. So he took over the club. And I told him about what happened because we didn't have a chairman at the time. So I had to go and speak to Walter in our cell and chat it over and, and he liked him. So, so the plan was the next day, we were to go and meet David Murray and David, uh, um, what do you call him, uh, Walter, myself, and George Fulston happened to come in the door just that 24 hours before we were due to meet, I think it's 48 hours before we were due to meet David Murray in Edinburgh. So we walked in, right? And Robert, Walter and I have virtually agreed the deal when uh, uh, George pulled his in and just walks in. And David Murray says, well, we're, we're here. We've got a great interest in David Weir. Walter and Jim have been speaking about it. And George just right away interrupted and said, yes, uh, I know that, he says. So and I, we've, we've sort of agreed on three and he says, it'll cost you £750,000. <laughs> uh, we'll start there, right, George? <laughs> and it was funny. The meeting was over in 30 seconds. <laughs> David got up up and said, uh, well, thanks for coming anyway. I hope you enjoyed your coffee. (laughs) uh, But I knew Walter was always after him. And and he was was my first target when I got the Hearts job. You know, there was... But to get him for, you know, a couple of players and and something, I think it was something like 80,000 or something like that, because... And, And we could have got a lot more back had he had he not been out of contract with six months to go, but Walter mm-hmm. took him to Everton and then he gone out to play for Scotland. And and, uh, and again, that was another, another. you asked the question, did you see him going on? When I signed him, his first match 
for the reserves. We were playing the first team fixture at Falkirk, but I let him go and play for the reserves against a, a border team, actually, that a mate of mine phoned me up and says, would you, could you give us a game? I said, well, we, we took them to Grangemouth and I couldn't see them because I was away with the first team. So when I got back, he phoned, he says, who was the centre-half playing tonight? I says, Tom Martin, he says, I says, it's Davey Weir. I says, that was his first game. And he said, he'll play for Scotland. Really? That was just on a, a pre-season friendly in a, in a border town, Selkirk it was, that uh, came to play in a fixture of an East of Scotland team. And just playing a pre-season friendly and just to help them out. And that's what his words were. And he was, he was right. Because I remember so, like when Walter Smith's second, second spell at Highbrox and he, he was, I think he was his first signing grade, I think, wasn't he? He was, was his first signing. And he came up, I think it was just a kind of stopgap, having Big Ugo kind of signed at the same time because we were very soft at the back. But Steady the yeah. ship to the end of the season, he, wasn't it? Barely David, we went on to win bloody trebles and went mm-hmm. for cup finals and stuff and it's he it just seemed to keep going and going and going. Just unbelievable talent. Is there any player, it's funny you say that because... You, you never raised your voice. It's funny, as a wee boy watching the football, I thought, I, I, I'd have thought the opposite. I thought you'd be, the hairdryer treatment, uh, you know, if things aren't quite working out at half time, you, you'd go off your nut. Were you not like that at all? Were you quite a calm guy, the way you're kind of talking there? For me? David? David, you mean, or me? No, you. Did you? Me? Oh, I, yeah, you get this reputation that you can go in. I've had a, oh, didn't get me wrong, I think in the early days, you wouldn't get away with it now, but in the early days, we've, We've had a few up against the wall, you know. Tell us. <laughs> well, I can tell you, you can tell you one uh, time, and it was Kevin Drinkle stop. No, I think he was my bodyguard because uh, <laughs> we we played. It was folk. I mean, John will hear, um, know this because we had a, a really good centre forward in Richard Cadet, small oh. black man, really terrific in the box. We, Hard to put. In fact, I think we beat Rangers, yeah. not Rangers at a cup, didn't we? And yep, 2 0 high. 2 0 high. Right, that's right. So, <laughs> but, when, but what happened is we were the first. When we, you remember the trophy called the B&Q Cup? Aye. Cup. And it was for first and second division teams. Yeah. And we decided not to take because you know there was no Premier League first of all, but it was a, a trophy nonetheless, and we worked to. To win it, we were uh, in the first division, the, the championship is known now. So, um, I said to the boys, Why don't we, you know, forget the bonuses? Let's just pile it up. If we can get to the final, we'll try and maybe prepare away in Spain or something like that, uh, and for the final of it. So, we did that, and we managed to get a trip over to Nerka to prepare for four or five days and had some. Bit of laugh, bit of banter, and we were playing St. Mirren. Jimmy Bone was the manager in the final at uh, Motherwell on a oh, cold, miserable, snowy, wet, sleety day. You know, 6,000 Falkirk fans in the stadium at Motherwell. So, you're kind of the atmosphere was great. And of course, we had been in Spain for in the, so, and we'd beaten them twice in the league comfortably. So, everybody we were favourites. Well, we were lucky to be nil-nil at half-time. Our goalkeeper saved us and said, nil were well on top. So I come in and Billy says, what are you going to do? I says, we've not got time to go round them all. And I says, so <laughs> we'll pick on one guy that we know 
when, when no, we might retaliate and get a message in. So I come in and uh, uh, we Richard Cadet got it, didn't he? Because he never, he never, he never broke sweat. He was still in Nerka, sunning himself, I think. So I've come in, I've read the right act, and he's up and had a wee go, you know. So I've picked him up by the neck, and I've banged him against the wall, you know, and the yogis dived in. Uh, Kevin Drinkle died in and said, look, so I can't, you know, this calm down. But they did, Yogi Tan said, and by the way, he's right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and you could see there's some scratch marks sort of appeared in his neck, and I thought, what have I done here? You know, I just, just lost it. Just lost it. I love the fact that you've been in and bullies. I've not got time to ground them off. It's not that. What he's done is he's. He's dodged so big yoga and he's went for the weirdest guy in the room. Uh, uh, yeah, without, without, a doubt, without a doubt. So we go across, right? And on the pitch, you know, the centre circle there, in those days, obviously, their team had to play forward now. He sprinted, right, from where he was standing. They had to kick off and he sprinted and took the ball off the centre, when the centre, the ball sent down. And the first move, and it was played out wide and it comes across, goal. Wow. Within, Minute. We won the game 3 0. We were outstanding. So we won the game 3 0. And of course, we go and celebrate at the Park Hotel when we got back uh, in Falkirk. And who comes up when I'm at the bar? <laughs> Cadet. Right? And Drinkle came across because he thought he was going to have a go because he's got three scratch marks down his, <laughs> his neck, getting a bit redder, redder. So, uh, so he comes across and th Drinks thinks he's going to have a, a whack, you know. And uh, I said, what is it? He says, I want to buy you a drink. <laughs> I said, I what? He says, I can't. He says, if you hadn't done that, I wouldn't be having this medal, his medal in his hand. He says, if you hadn't done what you'd done, he says, we wouldn't have won this cup and now wouldn't have had this medal. Just, they put up the arse he needed, Jim. Sorry? They put up the backside he needed. Yeah, that's, you know, I've often said that, you know, there's nothing wrong. I think you... It's different now. We know that you've mm -hmm. got to adapt. I mean, there's nothing wrong with giving somebody a rocket. Uh, you know, you just have to watch it. Maybe some days you, 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 or things in the past, you could. I'm sure most managers have been in a situation with certain players years ago that could do that. You, you, you don't do it now. It's uh, and yeah, you, you, but the, the, you know, there's nothing against giving somebody who you think needs a wee rocket, and there's others who you think. You know, and that's the beauty of management because there's others that you know something like that would destroy a lot of people. Oh, so you've got to put the know to who put the arm round and and who not to. And sometimes when you you learn about your players and that, you you know how to work situations. You know. Tell me this one, Jim. See if you could. Would you put Stan Collymore up against the wall with a throat? <laughs> well, another good story. With him. I, I, I tried to sign off her hearts, but. And funny, when I got the Bradford City job, right, Stan was at Bradford City. So we had when I was introduced to the players, then he just said, uh, he says, you've, you've eventually caught up with me then. I said, yeah. But yeah. Stan had this, he parked his car at Bradford City's training ground, well, at the stadium where they changed. And the chairman came to me, he says, listen, we'll be getting complaints for the neighbours. Stan's blocking roads and everything. And I said, he says, well, you have a word with him. So I went down, I said, Stan, 
your car is scuffed. He says, uh, I says, it's broken road. You can't leave it there. You'll have to shift it. All right. So the chairman says, did you speak to Stan? I says, yeah. So the next day, the car's there again. So he says, the chairman comes through, he says, have you noticed Stan's car's back there again? I says, no. So it goes down, I says, Stan, listen, you're going to get fined if you, you know. And I says, I don't think, you know, it's going to be 50 quid or anything like that. And he said, uh, you know, I says, you're going to be getting fucked heavy. And his answer was, Gaffer, he says, when it gets to 50,000, he's a shout. That's all the time he was going to shift the car if he's with it Oh, my God. That's a different one. He says, when you, when you find me 50 grand, he says, I'm going to be thinking about shifting it. So that just shows you. But Stan was a great lad. And, and, and uh, But I think he was on that big, you know, at the time he had a lot of problems mentally, I think. And... And know that we ever, it wasn't a bit, the physio just told us that he was on that strong um, antidepressant tablet that it, it went the other way. He didn't give a hoot about anything. Aye. Aye. So Aye. he went from despair to, mm -hmm. the, to the time there. Just like that. Just like that. Nothing bothered him, you know. Some, some like, player, but wasn't he? He was some oh, player. What a oh, great player. He's a great player. Like, obviously, but I'll tell you, I'll let him go to. To, we let him go, he went to Spain in Oviedo, and you're not going to believe this one, the Oviedo's in the north, you know, for Spain, so and he was commuting every day he was <laughs> fine <laughs> he lived in Birmingham he used to go to the airport and fly to, I think it was Madrid or something, and then make his way up to Oviedo, after training he'd go back down, fly home and back out the next one what? Jesus. Yeah, that's what that's, they were telling me. Nice. We ended up doing, you know. Yeah. Well, that was what I was being told anyway by the staff. <laughs> the boys that knew him, you know. But obviously, Jim, you were a, you're a household name in Scottish football. But when you went to Bradford, how did you find it down south compared to up here? Well, you couldn't. We couldn't have turned it down. I'd heard a lot of bad things about <clears throat> the chairman, you know, because yeah. he's he had a reputation. I mean, and he spent most of the money. That before I got there, <clears throat> and he said, you know, there was which a lot of money to them at that time was 19 million plus. And he brought a lot of great players who were had great careers, but they were at the end of their careers. And I think, if you're being honest, they came because it was money, you know, he threw a lot of money, he threw, he threw good money at them. I mean, we had Benny Carboni, who was a lovely lad, never like that, but in those days, you know, 40,000 pounds something a week or something was a lot of money. And, and this is a guy who had never played for Italy or, or any, any super form, and he relegated three or four clubs. I'm not saying it was his fault, but he'd come from three clubs who had been. But the chairman loved him, and he he did the deal, and he wasn't going to lose him. And he bought a lot of good players. But when you went there, he said, "Well, they all can't play, and they're not all going to be happy." So it was a tough, tough ask, and we knew they were going. I think they knew they were never going to survive that year. Um, but people like that were there before me, like say Paul Jewell, I got friendly with that because they all knew what I was going into. They tried to help me and steer me through some of the things that he's done. But he turned out to be a very, very difficult chairman to to work for. Um, mm. I think the the best thing I did for them was get probably ten million off the wage bill because 
they couldn't afford to, to uh, so. And if you look at the line, when I cut down the squad, it, was, it wasn't easy when you're on that big of money because they were all at the end of their careers and they'd all be And they gave me wrong, all great players in their day, uh, but I had to cut it down. And when I cut it down, the last 10 games, you know, we had, if you look at the results, we we had something going, you know, um, mm-hmm. we had some cracking. And, and for, I mean, Walter and Archie, we went to play second, we were already down and we played, they, they were the first game after it was confirmed we were down and they were in trouble. They were, if they didn't beat us, we they were going to Sunderland the following week to stay in the league and mm-hmm. we were 2-0 up, missed a penalty and, uh, sorry, we were 1-0 up and missed a penalty and we were 2-1 up and missed a pe- another penalty and they just, and they picked us 3-2. I've never seen oh. Walter and Archie so you know, drained right. after a match, and I'd seen that a lot with Hart, with you know Hearts Fall Cup games and everything. But God, they knew they were very lucky that day to win, right. and uh, the, the last thing they wanted. And in a way, I'm, I'm glad because obviously Walter and and I were quite close when it came to uh, football matters and that, you know. And mm-hmm. till this day, were uh, I mean Archie and myself and Billy and all that. We, you know, we always. Uh, always bump into them mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's great to see them you know that would be some tag team match in the wrestling eh? Walter and Walter and Archie versus uh, Jim <laughs> Jeff Jim and Billy Brown. that would be that'd be something else that'd be totally entertaining <laughs> you know <laughs> the best the best story I heard maybe if I'd coist you and told the story you'll probably hear from me but did he ever tell you about Gerante when he had to go and do a report for Barcelona have you heard that no no, tell, no what was that yeah oh. It was Ali McCoy, because I meet Ali a lot in the in the holidays and that, because we go to the same area and play a bit of golf at times. A few years since, but I remember him telling me the story. He says that uh, Walter sent Ian, Ian Durant when he was injured. He says he sent him to watch Barcelona in the Champions League. And, you know, had a game against them. And uh, so he went and watched the game, did a report. And uh, I think he had he had a couple of sheets there where he had strengths and weaknesses. And uh, of course, come back, and he must have went to, uh, to Walter's room and put down his report. And Walter came chasing down to Coisty and says, uh, where's, where's Durante? He says, oh, he's just a week after. He says, why? He says, he's put this report down on my desk. He says, uh, what, the Barcelona game? He says, ah, he says, strengths and weaknesses. He says, and then, oh, he says, come and look at this. He says, on the weakness, on the strength, on, on the strength side, the page was full. There's absolutely not a space left. They were so good that all their strengths were listed, right? He only had one thing in the weakness side, and that, that Ronaldinho had a bad set of teeth. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to have some Romanov stories for us. You've got to. Oh well, first time I met him was was uh, you know the, he had a, a got on quite well with his right hand man Sergei Fetitovas, who was mostly the the, the, the go between. He was more in Scotland than that. So when it was arranged, I was going to 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 meet him. 
Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm over in Lithuania and uh, Sergei picks me up and we, I'm all changed, I've got the collar tie and everything on. So we go to his office and he turns up with a little uh, with jeans with the, the you know the trendy holes in them and everything like that and uh, <laughs> he's got the, the the wee sort of bomber jacket on with a Simon Cole t-shirt and I'm looking at him you know and he said you come with me <laughs> well I went downstairs and he's got a huge below in his office he's got a huge room which is just like a big gymnasium which was all glass down in mirrored down one side a state of the art which was the big passion in Lithuania and his passion is basketball. So he's got the big there. I thought, don't tell me we're going to be having a go with this basketball, right? <laughs> the third he said, you just just sit here. And this is me meeting him for the first time. So he comes out from behind the, the screen with this pretty girl, right? And goes and starts dancing. And I says to Sergei, I says, 45 minutes I had to sit there watching him dancing with us. Oh. And he said, he said, uh, he said, oh, he's, he's practicing because he's in the final of the Strictly Come Dancing Lithuanian version. Nice. I said, oh, so I had to wait there. He went away and he danced again for another half hour with another girl. And, uh, and then we go up and have a crazy meeting or something, which was which I was expecting because obviously you hear some things about him. So, because he was in a long boardroom table and he was at the other end and he had this board behind me and he was darting up to the board to talk about players and all that and dashing by. It's just a crazy meeting. Anyway, when I got back a couple of weeks later, I said to the girl who's Lithuanian in the office in Edinburgh, I said, who was related? I think she was a lovely girl, Janice. She was related to, I think, Romanov's wife. Um, but she was working in, in, in the club for, with Carbo Ogilvy and that. And I says, listen, how did Mr. Romanov get on in the final where they strictly come dancing? Oh, she says he won it. He won it. <laughs> I says, oh, that's good. She says he had to. He owns the radio, he owns the TV station. <laughs> And another another one, you have to hear this one, because we were having a friendly in Berlin, and uh, Union Berlin, and I got the call, Mr. Romanov's coming to the game, he's flying in. I says, oh, great, and you must congratulate him. Sergei says, you must congratulate him. I says, why? He says, he is a world champion. And I says, a world champion? What? He says, basketball. <laughs> I says, I says, he's fucking five feet five. <laughs> how, is he, how is he a basketball champion? You must congratulate him. So he comes round the corner, beautiful day in Berlin, we're playing again, and he's got the chest out, you know. And I'm saying, well done, Mr. You know, Billy, Billy's over it. And Billy says, what we do? Says, Just congratulate him. He's a little <laughs> So we've got this story at night. What happened is it was an over 55s competition in Argentina, of which Lithuania had a team, which he sponsored. Right? <laughs> so they invited him along because he had paid for, paid for the trip, basically. And these boys were all retired. I mean, they were all great players at the time. So what they did was it was done in a section. They had won it with two games to spare or one game to spare. So in the last game, just as a thank you, 
they put them on, they are a bit where with the, the strip, and he's going about telling everybody he's a world. He's a world. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you were up against with me. In a funny way, he was. I got in fine with him. He was just. He was well named. He was just mad, Vlad. And that's the best way to describe it. Jim, it has been absolutely fantastic speaking to you. Honestly, it's been great, mate. Good to meet you. Good to But at the end, every week on Football Daft, we put our guest Scottish football knowledge to the test with our 90-second quiz. You up for it, mate? Yeah, on you go. Right, cool. Well, we've got a leaderboard, David Martindale's top of the leaderboard with a score of 16. In joint second, it's John Sutton and Chick Young with 15. Mark Wilson and Keith Lasley are third with 14. Other selected scores include Barry Ferguson on 12. Yogi is on six. Jim Leishman on five. And at the bottom, it's a tie between Peter Lovinkranz, Derek Johnston, Craig Levine and Mick Sue Patalainen, who are all on three. Is there anybody you want to beat on that leaderboard, Jim? Uh, as long as I get past Yogi, I can then I'll be fine. Well, you can't, you can't pass, you must... You, you must give an answer, mate. Even if you don't know, you can't pass. Right. You get 90 seconds in grade. Is it on football or is it on general football, mate. Just all football. Football. I thought you were going to say is it on River City. River City, is that you were going to say? questions there, Grado? Right, I've got the questions ready, okay? Are we ready, John? Remember, you can't pass. Name either club Pelly played for. Santos. Stephen Purden plays which character in River City? Sorry, say again? Stephen Purden plays which character on River City? Oh, it's football. Yes. What club did Brian Loudrop leave Rangers to join? Chelsea. Kelty Hearts are based in which Fife village? Uh, Kelty. In what year did you win the Texaco Cup with Hearts? 1975. Who's the current Dunfermline Athletic Manager? Stevie Crawford. Scotland international Grant Hanley currently plays for which club? He plays for Norwich. Name any Scottish side Lee Wilkie played for. Dundee. Who did you sign Simon Stainrod from to Falkirk? Rouen in, Falk, in uh, <laughs> France. What club are known as the Honest Men? Yeah. Who, who did Robert Snodgrass? Who does current? Who does Robert Snodgrass currently play for? West Brom. Name a Scottish club with Albion in their name. Time! Well, yeah, he gets that one, he got Albion Rovers at the end. Yeah, there we go. Bye, anyway, you only get one wrong there in the questions that were asked. Excellent. Get away, John, wait, <laughs> 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 if you see Adam, that's Sorry, 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 John, I get excited. I know. We'll get, we let the guests know. You get one, Ryan. Right, we'll go through the wrong answers. I sit with my fingers and I count the right answers. Jim, you did very well, like Chris said. Um, not many wrong. You only got one wrong. And uh, apparently you won the Texaco Cup with Hearts. 70-71 season, Jim. 70-71. Uh, that was it. 
Aside from that, you got them all spot on, including the fact that Stephen Purden is Shellsuit Bob in uh, River City. You got eleven. Well done. You beat you. Well done. Well done. You beat you. Be there, didn't he? Yeah. Whoa, Brilliant. Brilliant. Brilliant, Jim. Jim, it's honestly, we appreciate you your time so much. Great it's been a pleasure. Um, thanks for asking, and I've been really pleased to meet you. It's been great. Oh, that's great, Jim. Jim. Honestly, the best part of the day. Take care of yourself. Well, Troops, what an outstanding episode. I've got to say, Jim Jeffries was everything I could have ever asked for, and even more, he was he was on a... He just loved telling his wee stories. It, it, was, like a, it, was, it was like a time capsule. Aye. So it was like... And as you say, when you think about Scottish football managers, when you're a wee guy and all that, Jim Jeffries comes into your Yes, team. yes, he aye, does. And do you know aye, what? Yes. It's people like him, Gus McPherson, uh, the... Who was your man at Kelly again? That, Bobby, that, Williamson. Bobby Williamson. Bobby Williamson. I, people like that. But do you know this interview and that, having him on the show has really changed my opinion of him, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he was going to be grumpy as anything just because the way he used to act on the. He was fully invested in the episode, man. He was yep. a pure one. It's the way he kept going, wait, hear this one. Wait, hear this mm-hmm. one. Like that. You have got him, man. It's brilliant. No, what it was like, Gredo. You'll not, you'll not know this, Gredo, but Stevie, know what it's like. Remember the episode of The Sopranos when they're sitting around the table and they're having the remember when conversation? Oh. It just like, remember, remember when, remember when. It was amazing. Remember when, remember when, remember when. Me, that's annoying me now. Right, I, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. But um, just a wee kind of uh, note for the listeners. Um, I did kind of get mixed up when he said about... I thought he said he was he never raised his voice that much. So I misheard that if you're listening, going dafty. But I know he was talking about David Weir, but you know, I had a couple of Marettes a day. I've enjoyed myself. Got to see my pals. Uh, got to see Jim Jeffries. Brilliant day, guys. And we're now going to talk about the Scottish Cup fourth round, is it? Yes. The fourth round is this Sunday. We're all looking forward to it. Um I'll tell you this right now, lads, I'm confident. I can tell I you I'm confident getting into this uh-huh. one. I bet you are at all because we we've no as we say the last two old fun games. It's not that we've no turned up, but we've we've dragged our ass through it. Last couple of games, even uh, that we've played, we've no really been. We're we put it this way: we're due a good game or we're due a fucking doing. So that's it's each his own. This is it. Here's, this is it. here's my here's my question for you, Christopher. Yes, you've changed your tune drastically. For the, over the past few weeks about mm-hmm. your club very confident you're this and that you're in the group chat saying we must set, we must sign you know saying all that your peckers up a wee bit oh so yeah, have I been your A40s again <laughs> <laughs> is, is Kennedy the man for the job then no no he's not oh. what, I, what I think's happening is the players are playing without pressure they mm. don't have any pressure right that could change on Sunday Mm-hmm. We've got a pressure. This is our last chance for silverware this season. Scott Brown's last chance for silverware at Celtic. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's a there's there's a narrative to this game for me. And mm-hmm. I just feel as if everything's been so down this season for Celtic. I think we're due a wee bit of a, a smiler. So I think I think we're gonna do it. You're saying the team's playing without pressure and they're playing well then. So why would you want to sign now, you know, see? Because he's fucking magic, that's all. But he's not, he, he couldn't handle the pressure this season, but... Mate, he's been probably... He's, he's probably been one of the ones that's that's been more consistent than the rest. He has been hot and cold, but he's been... He, do you know, he's he's got 16 goals or something like that this season, and he's been involved in a lot of assists as well. 
So, you know, if, if you're going by the stats, then he's probably been our best player this season. Mm-hmm. I'm, well, I'm, I'm shaking myself. I, I, I'm shaking myself, but I always like to get the verdict of somebody who's not involved in it on. I'd like to know what John... I think he's going to predict Rangers to win. I don't... I'd, no. I'd, I think I think Celtic are going to win one of the two matches. I think one's going to be a draw, and I think Celtic's going to win one. I think it, Celtic. I don't know at all. As a Celtic supporter, John, remember uh, this. This goes to a finish on Sunday. Yeah, there's no replays with us. Right. This so, is this is ex, extra time. Yeah. I think he means a league game. I think he means a league game though. I'm talking about the league game. There's two old fun games left, right? Now this is the question for you, Christopher Toll. Um, yes. Would you rather stop Rangers' unbeaten run, or would you rather try and win the cup? Well, John McNally, I think I touched on this last week. I think I said that I would prefer us to beat them in the week. But, Why? But wait, Graham. Wait, Graham Steveley. <laughs> I have changed my mind. I want to win the cup. Right. <sighs> Shut up and doing like a fucking brave thing, man. Honestly, man. I'm actually kind of... I would I've... love to see a fucking compilation of out- compilation of outtakes <laughs> for you this season. You've been fucking oil oh, camp. Oh, I'm gonna say somebody will fucking dare at now. You're <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say you told was cottons. I think I remember it. It was possibly Aye. October t- 2020. Listen, man, if uh, I like Turner was cottons for the old Rangers. No, it was if Celtic turn up and decide to play football. Cutting can be cutting for years, and he's did turn up and play football in the last two firm games, and he's only got a point at it. I I think Celtic are going to win this Sunday, and I think the, the league game will be a draw. And I That's think Falkirk are going to win at the weekend as well. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. You're welcome, mate. God bless Look you. Look at this, man. Oh. <laughs> I think we've been at each other's throats during it's... the week. Well, it's like fucking long lost brothers getting reunited. <laughs> I mean, look, that this week has drove Graham to drink in the afternoon. He's been a nerve with eyes today, man. He's fucking sitting shiny he's still doing this podcast. He's half cut now because of the group chat for it, man. Look at him. Sorry, Graham. <laughs> anyway, lads, what? it's roasting. Boys. The sun's shining through my window. I want to go outside. <laughs> what do you think? Should we wrap it up now, lads? Are we going to do predictions what the score's going to be? All right, all right then. I'll go all for right. Rangers one, Celtic one, Rangers and penalties. Oh, oh. for the honey, Celtic. If it goes to penalties, if it goes to penalties, Rangers will win on penalties, I think. But I'm going to say it'll probably be two one Celtic. Fuck off, John! I'm I hate saying, you. I know, John, man. I'm saying Rangers one, Celtic nil. Oh. I'm going for a very low scoring. Tough, fucking, hard-fought game. And I think we're going to sneak it. Well, whatever All happens, right. lads, I hope you have a nice day. All right? But we're going to fucking... Aye. Uh, boys, see see if it goes wrong on Sunday. See, Hold on, man, that's fucking... See if it goes wrong on Sunday and we get beat, man. See, you thought that argument was bad last week. I'm going to get pushed in pure John and Toll fucking abuse, man. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Uh, no time for the big bus, <laughs> Sorry outside. Let's get up the road. Catch you later, Trip. Sorry, Ben. See you later, boys. Take care. Bye-bye. Audio Frontier.